Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Survive and Thrive, a podcast that brings you stories and perspectives on how in changing times, leaders and organizations can not only transform to survive, but also thrive. I'm your host, Jennifer Ayers. As a recap, last season, we focused on change management and helping our listeners understand how to positively influence the change they want to see in their organization. In this season, our fourth season, We hope to focus on some more aspects around the future of work and how organizations can create a healthy work culture that includes creating a sense of belonging, helping their leaders navigate, leading in a hybrid workplace, proactively fostering diversity, considering things like personalized employment, and really helping employees connect to purpose in their work. Today, I'm excited to talk about personalized employment specifically as I'm with Jess Bagoni. Jess is the founder and CEO of Luna. She's been doing this for two and a half years and has an amazing background that is really aligned with this new company that she's built. We'll talk more about that in a moment. But first, I want to briefly mention that I've had the pleasure and opportunity to work with Jess in the development of Consinity. The wisdom she brings to the table around how to help the workforce thrive and what can really propel a company forward are insights I try to incorporate into Consinity. I'm so thrilled to have Jess here today to talk about the workforce in a post-pandemic or, shall we say, in the evolution of the pandemic world. Evolution of pandemic. I mean, I wish we could really say post-pandemic, right? I mean, (laughs) we've been waiting for this. And we keep thinking we can say it. And then it's like, oh, nope, nope, nope. Here comes the next wave. So fingers are crossed. But um, thank you so much for having me on the show again. uh, It's a pleasure to be here. I'm really excited for our conversation. We'll include a link in the show notes. But for those of you wondering, Jess first visited us in season one, episode 10. Now, three seasons later, she's here to continue the conversation around personalized employment. And it is very timely and relevant. Just a brief summary of her background and what she's been up to in that time. As you mentioned, my name is Jess Pagoni. I'm the co-founder and CEO of Luna. Luna makes it easy for companies to offer personalized employment uh, or really personalize the employee experience to better meet talent where they are now and where they're going to be in the future. So we're all about attracting, engaging, retaining talent using our technology platform as a way to make that that really easy, simple, and dare I say fun for companies and employees to interact with. The better part of the last two decades, I've spent mostly working in management consulting on the what I would call the people side of projects. So anything around organizational change, org design, strategic planning, how to orient and align a team to achieve whatever big goals a company has set, Utilizing culture as an opportunity to fuel that motivation. And honestly, I, I loved all of it. I feel like the my career experiences have really culminated in where I am today with Luna. I also did a stint uh, for a management consultancy as their chief people officer. So I got to see the world from that seat, so to speak, and really understand the challenges that. HR is facing that come with trying to attract really good talent, retain that talent, 
And then ultimately, in reflecting on my own career, my own personal experiences, and acknowledging others who either worked for me or who clients I had worked with, you know, I just found myself wondering, I'm like, wow, what I wanted or needed from my employer drastically changed as my career progressed and as my life evolved. I was asking this question. I was like, wow, I can go down to the corner coffee store. Let's call it Starbucks. And I can personalize my coffee order. I can put a dash of this, a splash of that, and really personalize it to to me. I can also, in science and in medicine, we can personalize medicine. We can personalize the pharmaceuticals that are delivered to people who are ill in a way that will work best for their specific DNA. It's incredible. Yet we still have these like one-size-fits-all job offers and programs, policies, benefits inside of companies. And that was really where this idea was born in that like when we can do so much personalization in other really impressive and dramatic ways, why can't we do it with our employment as a way for companies to better retain talent? It's so expensive to lose even just one person in an organization will cost you 50% to 200% of their salary. And now, you know, fast forward, this, you know, the idea came to me in, in 2017. Fast forward, and we've now experienced a pandemic. We've endured what comes along with that. And I think everyone is reflecting on, like, well, wh- how do I want to spend my time? What's important to me? And that has led to much of this great resignation where people are, are looking for organizations to work for that align with their values, uh, with the culture that they want, or with the, the flexible working options that suit their particular needs. What I have come to really understand in my, my journey building Luna, launching Luna, now, now uh, having Luna embedded in more than a dozen companies, is that what flexibility means, though, to each individual person is different. So, Jen, what it means to you is going to be different than what it means to me. And for both of us, it's likely to change over time. So in three months, I might need some different type of choice or flexibility, or I might be preferring, you know, more professional development or a compressed work week, whereas I don't need that right now. And companies need ways to acknowledge that, embrace it, and really capitalize on it. And that's what our technology does. So interesting. And so I I appreciate you sharing that with our listeners because you were really thinking about this idea and seeing a need in the marketplace before the pandemic (laughs) made it completely evident. And I think it's really interesting that your technology or your thinking about ways to create that flexibility for an individual, especially now, this is so relevant given the great resignation and you talk about the cost to losing an employee. And I think this is great that you were featured in the article technically recently. And I think they made a great point that this culture setting power has now shifted more to employees. So I feel like organizations need to start to pay attention to this and need to be aware that there are tools like yours that can help make that workplace experience even better for them. The pandemic truly proved how much innovation was needed and necessary in the workplace. Now with more flexible work options and schedules, employees don't want to return to the rigidity of before 2019. 
So how has this impacted organizations like Luna? How does Jess view this recent shift in power? For many companies, the pandemic was a hardship. It created or led to the demise of of a lot of organizations, unfortunately. For our business, I think the universe was doing me some sort of favor because we launched in January of 2021 and in the, you know, at the height of the pandemic, so to speak. And at that point, the world had really come around to the idea that like, wow, we are actually all human and we all have different circumstances. And now we can see them because we see behind the Zoom screens what's going on inside someone's home. And so this acknowledgement that flexibility is critical was brought about, I think, just really accelerated by the pandemic. And that has certainly helped our cause as we're focused on ultimately the idea that work should be designed for life and not the other way around. So in terms of how the market's responding, I'll say we have a tremendous amount of interest and it spans audience. So we have interest from executives running businesses, certainly from HR leaders who are are looking for new and innovative ways to engage the workforce. We have managers inside of companies who are experiencing this like revolving door of flexibility chaos, I'll call it, where they're getting requests from their team members that are like, hey, can I go work remotely for two weeks? Can I go take this course online? Can I go work from Spain for a month? Whatever that request is. And the managers are, their heads are exploding because they're like, there's just, there's too much. And how do I keep track of all of it? And our technology really simplifies that for the leader inside the organization as much as as it does for the, the company overall. On the employee side, you just mentioned employees now have a stronger voice perhaps than ever. What I love about that is that people forget that companies are made up of people. And it seems so simple. But this concept that like the comp well the company says well th- those are people inside of the company that are dictating what the company says if we kind of break that down to that base level part the one individual and recognize that that one individual could benefit from a pretty unique opportunity to be supported in both work and life and then we try to roll that up and and ha- offer it to everyone all of a sudden you're unlocking new possibilities that employees never imagined and that companies never thought would be scalable. And when you put those two things together, you have a really, really, really powerful force that's driving a lot of loyalty and engagement in an organization from the employee's end. From the company side, you're seeing more productivity. You're seeing a a greater sense of inclusion and belonging among your workforce, your ability to hire more diverse talent faster and better talent. And we're just excited to be able to, to offer this technology and to continue to learn from the data based on what employees are saying. So uh, I'll, I'll share a couple of interesting statistics from our, our current user base. There's a question in our technology, uh, really a choice you can ask about, around when you, when you prefer to be unavailable. Really, giving permission to say, like, you can set a boundary here. So what time of day would you prefer to be unavailable? And we see regularly that 
females, people who identify as female, will choose a specific time. And typically that time is between 6 and 9 p.m. And that men, people who identify as men, will typically say that they don't have a specific time, but they're flexible. And what that does for an organization, visibility to that information is incredibly powerful because now you might want to make different choices around when you're scheduling team building events, how you are um, kind of doing the more like culture building, happy hour type things. Maybe you're going to now mix up the time of day you're doing that so you're not unintentionally stressing your female employee population more so than your male. Another gender example that I also think is really interesting is around work location. We've moved into the hybrid working world, and I don't think we're going back. What's really interesting is that women tend to want to work remotely more often than men. And what that means as an organization, again, is that if you're giving that choice to people, if you're saying, hey, you can work from home two days or three days a week, and women are typically picking the three days and men are typically picking the two days, you're going to want to watch your performance management process. Are you still promoting people at the same rate across gender lines? And it just creates this better awareness and visibility for organizations to be proceeding with informed data and not based on gut. I love that you brought that point up because I was actually um, going to bring up one of your blog posts recently was about you know 2022, the year for employee empowerment. And you point out that Two predictions that you think are most important that stand out are, one, this intense focus around the employee experience, which we touched on a little bit, and I may want to expand on that a little bit. But the second thing is around leveraging the people analytics to really help lead your organization around making decisions that will, I like to say, sort of unlock the magic in your organization. Now, when looking into the research, we discovered that most companies don't utilize people analytics. In 2017, only 22% of companies utilized analytics in HR, according to research done by LinkedIn. LinkedIn found that 55% of respondents to a 2020 survey said they still struggled to incorporate basic people analytics. Whatever the exact number is, the trend is clear. Most companies do not apply or struggle to apply people analytics to HR practices. This is a real challenge and maybe a waste, actually, since there's so much data that could be collected but isn't. So what is Luna doing to help address this challenge? Jess tells me. People analytics is a relatively new field. And by relatively new, I mean in the last decade or so, it has, it has started to, to pick up in terms of popularity and getting a, a hold inside of organizations um, or, or building functional areas inside of organizations that are that are focused on people analytics. My co-founder, Aaron Kamholtz, is one of those people analytics pioneers, I call him. He, about a decade, maybe slightly more than a decade ago, he was embedded in, in an organization, a large global organization focused on their people analytics capabilities. And I think that, that that's what we see. We see a lot of really big companies having that type of, of a functional group. But often when you're a smaller organization, you're like, I can't hire someone to come in and do only people analytics. I need someone to come in and wear a bunch of different hats. 
And I think that's right. I don't think it's appropriate to have a department of people, analytics people in a 100-person organization. But I also think the challenge is that sometimes, you know, whether it's within HR or the C-suite or whichever operational group, it makes sense. Sometimes it's, you've got a lot of data, but you don't really know how to distill it down into those insights. So you're not even sure, okay, I have this engagement data and I got, I did a survey, I got a bunch of feedback, but now what do I do with it? And what is that, how does that connect to my ability to hire talent or retain talent long-term? Similarly, if you do a survey and say, hey, like what, what's everyone interested in? That's really that look forward, whereas, you know, an engagement survey is looking back. What, what did we do and how did we do it? A survey might be, hey, like, you know, what would you like to see? And then surveys are a slippery slope because sometimes you're what you're getting into is, all right, well, we put that question out there. Now we've got to address the employee population to be able to say what we're doing with the responses. There's only so much time in the day. And I think that's where a lot of organizations get caught up is they're like, well, I know we got some of this feedback, but we're going to have to figure out when and how we can actually implement it. And then What's missing right now is the like, well, what do you need, employee, what do you need right now to be best supported in work and life to achieve your goals and do the things that you want or need to do? And that's really where our dashboard comes into play. So the ability to see what people want, how they want to be engaged with, what their preferences are around work and life. And that can span things from work style, like how do you like to receive feedback or when do you do your best thinking to do you want more PTO for less salary or less PTO for more salary? Do you want access to certain professional development opportunities and, you know, maybe providing a couple of choices there? So these are all opportunities to engage people with a, you know, what do you want for this quarter or for this year? And insights from that aggregate level data as well as at the individual level help leaders and companies better engage with talent because it's not like, well, thanks for telling us, but it's now it's too late. You're basically able to address it real time. And that's that's incredibly powerful, especially right now. The ability to address issues in real time with the help of these analytics can truly impact the employee experience. We've heard that phrase a lot recently employee experience. But what does it actually mean? What does it look like for both the employer and employee? Most importantly, why does employee experience matter so much? Jess shares her thoughts on how all of this relates to her motto, fresh. Great question. So I'll start with employee experience inside any organization begins with their culture. And what it stands for. And so to me, culture equals values plus behaviors, the values of an organization and the behaviors that support those values. That's really where where your employee experience begins. Because if you're, Luna's values spell the word fresh. So freedom, resourcefulness, empathy, simplicity, and happiness. So anyone who joins our team knows that those words are going to be important and critical as part of working on the team. So if if you don't build an experience around your values, then there's a disconnect. The values become vapor, nothing that that really substantiates anything and 
it's really a missed opportunity. So I would say starting with the the values and the behaviors that support those values. When I think about how Luna helps to personalize that employee experience, I think about all the touch points that an employer has with an employee. And it can pertain to communication or team activities, team interactions. It can be around professional development, uh, time off and vacation. It can be around compensation and equity options. It can be around benefits that are offered. There's a whole host of areas that um, feed into that employer-employee dynamic. And when you start to empower employees with some level of choice around those elements, and it doesn't have to be all of them, you know, a few choices around some of those elements, all of a sudden you're giving employees that, you know, one permission to be their unique self, uh, as well as, you know, more of a sense of control that they actually have a say in what they, what they can and, and want to do uh, in terms of working for the organization. I also think we are moving as a globe to uh, more outcomes-driven work. So it used to be this nine-to-five grind, and you got to put in your time, and then, you know, get out of there as soon as you can and go go finally live your life. They were very separate. And now we're in this work-life integration or, or looking for work-life harmony. And it's no longer about the two being very separate. In, in fact, they're, it's almost impossible to separate them. But there does need to be some harmonization and there needs to be um, a focus on what's the work I need to get done? Am I able to get it done? And have I effectively done it with the you know quality expectations, et cetera? And then let me shape my work and life around those outcomes instead of a focus on the time in the office. That's great. And, you know, I can say as a wonderful consumer of the Luna platform, it's been very useful for even our small team that we have to, I go back and I refer to some of the things that people have put in um, in terms of what they would like as a way to remind myself as a team leader, okay, what are the things that I need to think about to help this person in their own personal experience and their own journey? And I think any way that we can do things to help support organizations to help an individual feel more valued and that they as an individual are personally cared for is what it's all about at the end of the day. Jen, I love I love the plug. Thank thank you for being a Luna customer. I very much appreciate it and love that you are getting value from the platform. Before we go any further, Jess shares an example of how allowing employees to have choice in a matter can make all the difference. I want to share this one example because I think it'll make it clear in terms of how how this all starts to come together. The typical approach that an HR organization or a C-suite would take in wanting to implement a new program or choice or policy is to draft a policy and create it for the masses. So what's kind of the ideal situation and let's put that in place. And I'll use this return to office scenario since a lot of companies are focused on that right now. Many organizations have said we're returning to the office 
three days a week. So to come into the office Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. Monday and Friday, you can work remotely. And that's that. It's going to be great. Um, and they've been met with backlash, a significant amount of back- backlash. And, and many employees have decided that they don't want to be a part of those organizations and have moved on which feels kind of silly, um, perhaps, when you reflect on it that, you know, well, this is better than it was before. Before, we had to be in for five days, and now it's just three. But when you think about this employee-led market right now, employees have a lot of power, a lot of say in the jobs that they want, the jobs that they're taking. If that same company had instead thought differently, kind of just like shift the mindset a bit and say, hey, we want everyone to be in the office on Wednesdays so we can have that collaboration time. And now we want everyone to pick two days, two other days of the week that you want to also come into the office. Well, let me tell you, the majority of the people are going to pick Tuesday and Thursday as the days that they want to come into the office. But now they had a say in it. They actually have control over their own destiny. And they're excited about it versus being told you must be here Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. So there's a like a psychological mind shift and a real opportunity for companies to just think a bit differently from the tried and true policies and programs and instead focus on how can we integrate more choice as part of this policy that may achieve exactly the same outcome, but it's going to do it in a way that feels so much better to the employees. As Jess said, most workers will probably end up choosing Tuesday and Thursday, thus having the same or similar outcome as if the company mandated. However, in allowing people to have more choice in the matter in what scheduling works for them is a key difference. Again, the outcome may be the same, but the employees feel more empowered and satisfied. So why not? In the coming weeks and months, leaders and organizations must navigate a COVID-evolving workplace. As we mentioned in the beginning, I think it's been pretty clear by now that we can't control the next variant. We can't predict which workers will change industries. However, we can control how we respond and we can help support our workers in the process. Jess shares what she believes leaders and organizations can focus on to be better prepared and to prepare the employees for their future. The biggest one, I believe, is that the future of work is going to be fluid. So the change is, there's no destination. We're not we're not going to arrive at an answer and then say, okay, well, you know, it's perfect now and we can just stay this way forever. So recognizing that some level of fluidity is going to be a part of our normal. And I said it before, but I'm going to say it again now is that this concept of flexibility is really shapeless. It's kind of, it kind of means all different things to different people. What we're not focusing on right now, because everyone's looking for like the next answer, we're not focusing today on the fact that whatever it means right now to you, to me, to the next person is going to change again. So if everyone's saying right now, if I could only you know come to the office two days a week, I would love that policy. I am here to tell you that in six months, that very same person is going to say that they want something different. And if we as 
organizations prepare for the the fickleness, if you will. And I don't actually think that that's what it is. I actually just think it's like life changes, like things happen and priorities, preferences, needs, responsibilities, et cetera, are constantly evolving in people's lives. And those organizations who embrace this fluidity and recognize that what people want and need is going to evolve and put processes or systems like Luna in place to really enable that in a scalable way, I believe will excel in this future of work that we're we're really embarking on at this present moment. So that's the to me, Jen, that's like the really big one. And I I think I think we're missing you know, the missing piece of the conversation in almost all of the articles that you see right now is the fact that whatever the solution is today is going to need to change again. And it's probably going to change faster than we would have expected. So preparing for that I think is going to be critical for companies. And employees are going to get tired of jumping roles. So there's, you know, this great resignation has led to a lot of opportunity for employees. They're moving on because the package looks better, maybe from a comp standpoint, maybe from a flexibility perspective. And we know that roughly half of the time they're leaving because they want some different combination of flexible options. But that's going to become exhausting for people. They're not going to want to keep hopping and keep changing as their lives and needs change. But then what happens inside the organization that they're now a part of is that they'll become kind of less energized, a little bit more disengaged, perhaps waiting the time out until they feel like it's appropriate for them to make their next move. So again, I think it's all about the the opportunity that companies have right now to really rethink the way we've always done it. Because there are new ways and they're they're likely better than than what we have been doing. That flexibility is so important now and will continue to be so. Before we wrap up, Jess shares how you can access Luna for a special rate as a Survive and Thrive podcast listener. Well, Jess, thank you so much. I think uh, those are some great insights that you shared with our listeners. I always enjoy listening to you. You've been a great advisor and mentor for Consinity for a number of years. So I'm grateful you took the time out today to share some of those insights with our listeners. And I'm really grateful that you're out there promoting this tool that can definitely make a difference and make an impact for organizations. So how can people get a hold of you if they want to learn more? Jen, well, first, thank you so much for having me. Uh, I I feel all the same things about you and the Consinity team, such an incredible group of individuals uh, doing incredible things. So thank you for for your leadership and for this podcast, which which is an awesome way to amplify so many great messages. In terms of getting a hold of me, you can link in with me. Feel free to email me directly, jess at helloluna.com. You can reach out to our general mailbox as well, which is howdy at helloluna.com. And Luna is double L for those of you listening. And I would love just like for anyone listening who's intrigued or interested in trying out the Luna platform, if you reach out and mention this Survive and Thrive podcast, I would be happy to extend three months free on our platform so you can kind of get to get to understand it, test it out with your team and see see if it's something that'll that'll work for your organization. So just mention that and um, we'll make it happen for you. 
Oh, that's awesome. Thank you so much for your generosity. And folks, I definitely recommend checking out this great opportunity that Jess has just put out there for you mentioned Survive and Thrive podcast. I'll also just mention that this is a, a tool that organizations of various sizes can leverage. So if you're out there listening to this and wondering, mm, gee, we're a little small, don't think that. Kincinnity is also small. So there's an opportunity to explore this um, at different stages of your size organization. So definitely check it out. And thank you so much again, Jess. Thank you listeners for joining us today on Survive and Thrive podcast. Remember at Consinity, we empower the conscious leader to realize positive and sustainable change. Take care.